Good morning to you, everybody. As we start our new year with these Bible studies, um, I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to them. And um, as we begin with this first Bible study of 2023, perhaps just by a way of explanation, um, I could share where we will go for certainly the first couple of months of this year. Um, and that is that I will send the Bible study out on a Thursday. Um, part of my reasoning in that is we've had a number of requests from people to continue both the online Bible study as well as the online services, um, and, and we're happy to provide those, um, except that we've also started um, coming back together for Bible studies in person, uh, as well as, you know, the in-person services. So just in order to make it uh, viable and doable for me, um, I will send the Bible studies out on a, on a Thursday. And also what um, is, a, is a beautiful thing is that as I lead the Bible studies and share some of the content uh, in person, there are some wonderful gems and pearls of wisdom that come from yourselves that I would like just to add into the mix, which um, certainly enriches the Bible study from my point of view. And I'm more than happy to pass that on to you also. So today um, I'm going to continue in, in the theme on um, Discover, which we spoke about on Sunday, but obviously we'll throw in a few other thoughts too. Um, if you happen to miss that, for the next three weeks or for the from last week in the next two Sundays, we're going to be looking at the broad theme of remaining in the love of Christ um, part of a message given to us by the presiding bishop where she used three words, three words that I think are well worth reflecting on. And um, I'm going to today in this Bible study use the word discover, which um, we shared on Sunday. And then in the next two weeks, I will give us the next two words. But the, the context of discover for today's Bible study is how we are called, each one of us, to discover, and perhaps for, for you who are listening, a rediscovery of God's great love for you, and that we are called into this love, and just as God loves us, so God also loves um, the world around us. And so before even uh, we start looking at how we can tell other people about God's love, we must come to recognize that first gift to us. So the two passages, and we're not going to read all of them um, just for the sake of our time, but John 15, 1 to 11, and 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 to 21. Now in John chapter 15, uh, Jesus teaches about the vine and the branches. Now this, this whole passage um, often preached on, um, the, the context of it and the overall message of it is always about fruitfulness, bearing in mind that in the Old Testament, um, and certainly for the, the people, for people of Israel, that grapes symbolized fruitfulness. And the, the image, the metaphor of the vine and the branches and the fruit, obviously being the grapes that are grown on those vines, uh, makes a lot of sense, even for us living in, in modern times. And what Jesus essentially is saying, and he repeats it a number of times, if you have a moment to reread that, is he says, remain in me. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches, but remain in me, stay close to me, stay connected to me if you want to bear fruit. 
So the first hearers of this passage would have been the disciples. And this passage, John 15, is part of a longer discourse where Jesus is teaching his disciples, uh, preparing them for, for when he's going to be leaving them. Uh, John 14, as you know, he, he says that um, in my father's house are many rooms, that he's going to prepare a place for them. John 15 is about the vine and the branches. John 16 is a teaching about the Holy Spirit. John 17 is Jesus' famous prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane um, and how he prays not only for the disciples but also for each one of us. So the, the call is very clear here, is that we, we remember the challenge to remain in his love. Uh, John 15 verse 9 was the key passage from Sunday, and I repeat it today, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Those were the very clear words of Jesus, where he re-emphasizes that the love that he has shown his disciples the love that he's given to you and I is um, is 100%. It's all in. It's fully committed. That just as the Father loved Jesus, so Jesus has now mirrored that love and passed that love on to us. And um, one can look through you know, other chapters and books of the Bible to, to get to the depth of this love. Paul, we remember, I think it's in Ephesians, spoke about the height and the depth and the breadth and the width of God's love. It's just it's so huge, one cannot fully understand it. But Jesus says to his disciples, look, I'm loving you with everything that I have because that's how my Father has loved me. And, and this is what I really urge us at the beginning of a new year to discover or rediscover anew, that we are loved by God. And then there is this invitation, if you like, stroke statement, stroke call, whatever you want to call it, where in the New Living Translation, the, um, the second part of verse 9 says, remain in my love. And it's those four words that often become the hardest for us to live out. Because there are many other things that will come and seek to pull us out of the uh, the soil, if you like, of God's love. There, we may choose to to see God as our refuge. We may want to remain in God's love. We may want to be planted to take root in God's love. But there are many things that will come and certainly uh, try and pull us out of that, pull us away from God. But Jesus's message is to his disciples: Look, remain in my love. And when you do that, then you obviously will bear fruit. Um, and then he, he goes on and he, he reminds them also, verse 15 of John 15, he says, I no longer call you servants, um, but I now call you friends. And, and that's also just a lovely way of Christ reminding his disciples that um, we, we don't remain in his love because we have no other option or because we are servants and there's this kind of slavery, this bondage, but we are friends of God. Uh, we are friends of the Father and the Son. And so remaining in his love is something that, that we actually want to do. It's, it shouldn't be seen as, um, you know, as plan B, but it's something that we should want to do because in God's love is where we will find our wholeness and our peace and so on. So, so that's kind of the first part of what I wanted to share in this Bible study. It, if you would like to watch the sermon from Sunday, it is on uh, on the church website and on YouTube, and 
you can you can rewatch that if you would like to to get the context of the message. Um, and and what I would like to ask is just in your own personal time, if you're listening to this on your own, or maybe if you're listening in a group or with someone, is to answer the question: When was the the moment or the first time? where you discovered God's love for you, when you became aware of it for the very first time. Now, I know, and and this certainly came up in some of our Bible studies this week, is for some of us, it's been more than one occasion. It may have been an initial moment of surrendering our life to Christ, but there's there's other moments. And for some of us, we would call that our recommitments. Um, As you know, Wesley would have called that his heart strangely warmed moment. But, but I think we are gifted with a number of moments in our lives. And, and that's why I use the word discover and rediscover. Because our faith gathers momentum and we, we are urged forward in our belief when we come to these moments of um, discovery and rediscovery. If you like to use another word, it's almost like those um, little epiphanies we get along the way where what we've taken for granted for so long now becomes real to us again. So so think about that. Was there a moment? Has there been a moment where you became so aware of God's love that it changed you or it moved you into a different direction in your life? Okay, so think about that. If you want to pause it and share with somebody, you can. Um, But then we're going to move on to the second reading, which is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And, and the reason why I chose this under the theme of discover is because so often we, um, we have this, whether it's a sense of responsibility or a sense of guilt, that we need to tell people about Jesus. And we sometimes don't know where to even start. Um, and, and I like this, this passage. Paul speaks about us as being ambassadors. And um, it's in a very interesting uh, letter where he speaks to the church in Corinth. But there's some language that he uses here that I think is is helpful for us. So I'm going to read from verse 14 um, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So he says this, Whatever we do, it is because Christ's love controls us. Now, I'm just going to pause there right away in, in verse 14. There, there are a number of different versions of this word control. Um, some of us, and I, I'm also one who struggles with that word control because it can be seen in a negative way. One of the other translations, which is maybe a little bit more accurate, says Christ's love urges us on. Um, other translations say Christ's love compels us. So, I mean, depending which version you may be even reading now, it will come across in a different way. But essentially what Paul is saying here is he says, whatever we do, in other words, whatever we do as Christians, whatever we do as disciples of Christ, in order to bear fruit or to try and share the gospel, we do it because there is this love, not our own love, not our own capacity, but there is this love that that we have encountered ourselves. First of all, we've encountered God's love. And now this love compels us. It urges us on. It, if you like, controls us. But it moves us to then want to tell others about this. 
Um, and the, the rest of the verse says, since we believe that Christ died for everyone, we also believe that we all have died to the old life that we used to live. And, and so, again, I'm just going to stop there for a moment. Perhaps to answer the dilemma that many of us have is if we feel Christ's love compelling us or urging us on and to talk about our encounter with Christ, the best place, I think, to start could be our own testimony. Because wherever that was, whatever time that was where you encountered Christ for the first time, no one can take that away from you. I mean, I may disagree with you, a non-Christian may sort of look at you or I and think we're strange, but that moment is a very personal moment between between you and the Lord. And so if if that moment for you, for argument's sake, let's just say was in a time of worship and, and your testimony goes something along the lines of, I went to church and uh, I wasn't really in the mood to be at church, but I was there and the preacher said something about X, Y, Z, but suddenly we sang a hymn or a song and for the first time in a long time or the first time ever, I was just suddenly made aware of how much God loves me. And then I felt that my life needed to change and I needed to be connected with God. I mean, I've, I've simplified that so much. But if that is your story, who am I to say that that's not right? And then so what happens is the love that I've experienced or you've experienced then urges me on to talk about that story with someone else. Because, and this is what Paul is saying, is because I believe that Christ didn't just die for me, but he died for everyone. And he carries on to actually say those same words. In verse 15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please themselves. Instead, they will live to please Christ who died and was raised for them. And so this also paints the picture for us, is that when we say yes to Christ, when we say oh, I've discovered this gift of God, that we slowly move now from living for ourselves selfishly, but we choose to live for God. And, and even in that, what Paul is saying, that is the hard part. That's where the rubber meets the road. That is what we spend our entire life trying to get right. Um, this whole thing of remaining in Christ's love, no longer living for ourselves. It's what we wrestle with on a daily basis. And this is, I think, for us just an encouragement, is that there's some days you're going to feel like you've taken three steps forward, other days two steps backwards. But it's that initial discovery or encounter with God that then moves us forward. He says in verse 16, So we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them, once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way, as though he were merely a human being, how differently I think about him now. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone and the new life has begun. And so I think maybe this is just a little side comment, is that it's very easy for us to evaluate other people, um, other Christians, other people in our church, just like they evaluate us. But we must be careful not to evaluate each other on what the world sees as being successful or having achieved things. Because as Paul is saying, that that is, um, that is not the right way to evaluate this. That's not the right standard. The promise is, is that when we've said no to the old life and we've said yes to the new life, 
um, that that is the life that has now begun. And I, I like the New Living Translation because it says in those exact words, for they are not the same anymore, for the old life has gone and a new life has begun. Now, again, in our church language, Christianese, if you like, we, we use the word, I give my life to the Lord. But we also must hold that with what John speaks about in John chapter 3, where we speak about being born again. And so if you, if you join all these images together, when you and I are born again, in other words, when we say no to the old life and we ask the Spirit to, to fill us and we begin a new life, when we um, choose to remain in Christ's love, when we just discover Christ's love for the very first time, that new life begins. But just as a baby... When a baby is born, or even when it's conceived, it grows on a daily basis. When a baby is born, it doesn't born it isn't born, and then suddenly can start speaking and start running and start using its hands and you know getting a full time job. No, there's a whole long process, and you know newborn babies take take months before they learn how to walk and then talk and so on. And so even in our own faith, there is a process that takes place okay so so perhaps be a little bit kinder on yourself i mean don't give up but keep pressing on keep remaining in christ's love as we as we look to him verse 18 all this newness of life is from god who brought us back to himself through what christ did and god has given us the task of re reconciling people to him for god was in christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message that he has given to us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to you. So this, again, is, is Paul's way of saying to the church, look, um, when you've discovered Christ's love, when you feel Christ's love urging you on, when you allow God's Spirit to make you new and to grow in you, so you tell others, you become Christ's ambassador. And what you tell them is, is designed and the purpose of telling them is so that they too, Paul uses the language of being reconciled, but that they too may discover how much God loves them. Remember, that should be the purpose of us sharing the gospel with anybody. It's so that they can come to that realization for themselves that God loves them. Um, that encounter is the most precious encounter. We can never fabricate that. We can never force someone to do it, but it's what we would want people to experience. And so this is just um, a reflection, if you like, on, uh, on this word discover. So I'm going to stop there for us because I've said a lot of things. Um, I do want to ask the question that I uh, I put as part of our reflection on Sunday, and that is, what is the Holy Spirit stirring in you at the moment? There's two passages here that you could take away and read, and I encourage you reread them and ask yourself questions um, around those two passages. But I just want to um, just leave it before us and 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 ask God's Spirit to help us to discover or rediscover some of the beautiful things that Christ has revealed to us. 
So friends, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to pray for us each. Um, we'll pray for us all right now and then invite you to continue this journey uh, with us. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have invited each of us into a relationship with you, that your desire has always been to be reconciled to us, to be at peace with us. Forgive us, Lord, for sometimes not choosing that, for choosing our own path, for choosing our own way. May your Spirit constantly call us back to yourself, and as we rediscover and discover the love that you have for us, may it change us. And then as the change is worked in us and as that newness and new life begins to take effect, so, Lord God, may we then see you urging us, compelling us, so that we can share this with others. We choose today, and even in the simple act of listening to this Bible study, we choose to remain connected to you. We want to be like those branches connected to the true vine. We want, Lord God, your spirit to flow through us and to bear fruit, just like the grapes that bear fruit at the end of the branches. And so help us to do that. We surrender to you, and we thank you, Lord, again for the gift of being able to be in a relationship with you. So we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, friends. Uh, look forward to chatting again to you next week. God bless you.